You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast full of insider tips and strategies for training, nutrition, and motivation. Learn how to lose weight, tone, tighten, increase your confidence, boost your metabolism, and eliminate your bad habits. It's time to get in shape and stay in shape. In this episode, we're going to review some Pinterest workouts and find out whether they're worthwhile or not. We'll talk about the pumpkin spice food craze and how you can enjoy it guilt-free. And we'll take the next step in creating a lasting change in your motivation. So first of all, I'd like to make sure that you've had a chance to go to YouTube and check out Get Fit TV and the Quick Fit Tips series because we're putting another one of those. Actually, I already did this week and another one next week. Um, trying some different places as far as videotaping to make it a little more interesting, but sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, um, as you'll see in some of the videos. But anyways, make sure you subscribe so that when I do post it each week, which is either going to be on a Tuesday or Thursday, you'll get the first notice of that. And speaking of first notice, same thing if you're on any of my newsletter lists. Um, you'll be getting an email soon about Quick Fit Club and Charter Memberships. Got some really good deals going on for that, but there's also a lot of free workouts there too. So make sure you head on over to quickfitclub.com and or any of my other websites and make sure you're on one of my newsletter lists um, at Quick Fit Club. There's actually a spot at the bottom and on the sidebars for you to sign up for the newsletter. And that way you can get first notice of when we post up some different workouts and free workouts. And also we have a bunch of giveaways that we're going to be doing on that site to promote that and to get a little more um, subscribers for our YouTube channel and kind of get the word out there as far as what exercise information is right and what's just a waste of time. So make sure you're all signed up for that stuff so you get all that great information. So let's go ahead and dive into our training segment. Um, the other day I was cruising through Pinterest looking around and you know how you have your friends uh, pop up some of their Pinterest choices or however that works. Um, and some of my friends had some workouts posted there from some of the magazines or whatever. Uh, and I didn't realize how many people actually looked at those and thought that was their source for workouts until I had a couple of friends say stuff about it. So I went and checked it out. And unfortunately, there's a, a lot of workouts there that are not good. I mean, not that they're going to hurt you. It's just that they're really not going to do anything to change your body at all. Um, there's a few good ones. So I thought I would kind of go around and show you what constitutes a good workout and what would be one that's got movements that are a waste of time. Now, I could probably spend all day on Pinterest looking at some of the different workouts and scratching my head. Um, some of them actually are, are not bad, um, but they don't necessarily do what they say they're going to do. And that's kind of the thing that bothers me. Um, getting lean thighs in four days is not going to happen just from a couple of exercises and certainly not the ones that, that I see when I'm on there. Um, and you know it comes from a combination of, of eating, of the amount of muscle you have, and just, you know, gaining strength. Um, then there's all these different challenges. Well, one of them, and I'm going to put um, links to these on the site so you can see what I'm talking about, but um, the one of them that I pulled up was the squat circuit challenge. Four weeks to 200 squats. Now, you know, I think we know by now qual quality, not quantity. Um, so why would you even want to do 400 squats? I, I just don't understand the whole methodology unless you're just adding them up each day. Because to be honest with you, I didn't read the whole thing. Um, I think what they're probably referring to, let me see if I can get it bigger, is the total number of squats you'll end up doing at the end of that time, I sure hope. Um, regardless, the actual squat exercises themselves that they're showing are decent 
you know, they're good. They're good for uh, squats. They're basically a narrow squat, um, a narrow squat with a leg extension behind you, which is, if you do it slowly, a hyperextension for the lower back and for the glutes. And then there's uh, squats with a side lift. And then there's the sumo squat. Some people call it a plie squat. And again, those are all very good exercises. They have a great example of how to do them, the start and finish point. But you know, the issue I have with this one is that why do you need to do 200 squats? And if it's 200 squats over a four-week period, you don't need to add it up. I mean, when I'm training clients, they may say, well, I did uh, 30 repetitions of that. And it's like, no, you did three sets of 10. And there's a difference because 30 repetitions of something is going to require obviously a lot less weight and it's not going to really do much because you get to that point of minimal advantage. So keeping your reps around 8, 10, maybe 12 at the most every once in a while um, is where you want to be. So trying to add it all up at the end of the day, I guess it sounds good. And if that helps to motivate you, then absolutely it's a great idea. Um, but don't feel like you have to do that many of anything to get the results you want. It's focusing on the movement, making sure it's a movement that works, like these particular squats, and making sure that you're giving yourself some challenge. Because if you could just sit there and do 200 squats in a row, or let's just say you could even do 20 of them, it's not challenging enough. Your body's not going to change. You want to add some resistance there, whether it's with the re resistance bands or you doing one leg at a time using the stability ball or adding weight using a barbell, using a dumbbell, some way to challenge your body above and beyond what it can already do day to day. And that's kind of the main point of how we get our bodies to change. Every single day you're squatting, you're sitting in a chair, you're standing up, you're sitting in a chair, you're going to the bathroom and you're up and down, up and down. And those are all squats. So that's your body weight squat. It's not going to do that much to add strength or lean muscle because your body's already used to it. And that's why it's important not only to do different styles, but to add that resistance factor as well. So remember that it's, it's not just doing something, it's doing something to challenge the particular muscle group. Now the second Pinterest post, I think that's what you call them, um, that I'm going to go over is the one that said how to get your lean, your thighs very lean. Um, it says five ways to sculpt lean thighs. And I guess in the beginning I was really referring to some of the other ones that I saw that were giving a certain date as far as how quickly you're going to get these things accomplished. Um, and it basically has you doing 10 to 15 reps of each exercise and then you do the other side. Well, these are the ones that really are not going to do much for you unless you just have never moved in your life. Um, one is, actually they're all laying down. Um, on your side, the leg lift, you know, the regular straight leg lift where you lift it up and down, um, leg lift by also bringing your knee in and out, uh, something they call uh, leg pulses, which I don't know, we used to do those back in the early 80s and do the heel toe, heel toe thing. But that, yes, it burned after a while, but it really didn't do anything significantly to change your bottom. Um, there were some other ones they had in there, some weird leg splits, which I don't even think I could do. Um, but the point is, it looks good. And yes, you might feel something in that area, but it's not going to make a significant change. Because in reality, what those exercises are doing, they're not really getting your thighs per se, they're getting some of the smaller muscles that are in your thighs, your adductor and your abductor. And those 
definitely help with the hamstring and with the glutes, but they're not the big muscle that is the glutes or the hamstrings. So it's kind of like working your forearms and expecting to have uh, big biceps or big shoulders or some other body part that really isn't going to get affected that much. And I'm sorry, I've heard it a million times from people. They're like, oh, I feel it. I feel it in this area. I feel it burn, whatever. Well, then you know what? Go ahead and stand up, put your arms out to the side, up in the air, leave them there for 10 minutes. Are they going to hurt? Yeah. Are you going to see a change in them? Are they going to get stronger? Are they going to get toned and tight? No, they're not. So there's a difference between working a muscle effectively and feeling something going on in the muscle um, versus just kind of the muscle getting fatigued from being lifted in a certain position or whatever. So we have to definitely make sure that you're focusing on a specific muscle and a specific muscle movement rather than just kind of going through a motion that appears to work the muscles. And I think that's what a lot of times I get uh, bent out of shape when I see people doing leg lifts or actually not doing them because I don't really ever see anybody do them anymore. But I see the magazines and stuff promote doing uh, the donkey kicks and the leg lifts and stuff like that and saying that that's going to really tone your whole thigh. And it's it's not. It's just not enough to do that. Um, is it enough to make you stretch a little bit and feel the muscles and everything? Sure. And that's a good thing. But don't be looking for huge results from it. And that's another one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because there's so much of this stuff out there that you would think, well, looking on Pinterest, you see so many of these similar type workouts of, of leg lifts and things. You, it must be good. It must work. And it, it doesn't. It's just kind of a perpetuation of this whole false <laughs> sense of fitness that I think sometimes the magazines create. They have to fill the pages with some stuff. And if they filled them with the same stuff like squats and bicep curls all the time, well, it'd be kind of boring. Um, there's a, certainly an infinite number of ways to get around these different exercises and to do them differently and make them not boring. But um, I don't know why they still then go right back to the leg lifts. That doesn't really make much sense. Now, does it when we think about it? Um, I think because leg lifts are easy and they're kind of hard to screw up. And that's kind of one of the bottom lines, too, is when you're doing an exercise, if you've not done it before, you might not know the little tips and tricks and things and what you need to focus on, um, especially like squats, where people a lot of times lift their heels off the floor, which is bad on the knees. And you, know, you might not know that from looking at a picture. Um, but I'll tell you, though, um, some of these do have some good pictures of like where you start and where you finish. And so I guess if you study them pretty well, you would realize that, yeah, my heels stay on the ground for the squats and I need to have a good posture for this one. But that's also where having a trainer, whether it's all the time or once in a while to check your form and to teach you things is a great investment because once you learn how to do something properly, you can't do it wrong. I mean, well, you could. But it's really hard to do wrong. I know that a lot of times when I'm training people and I'm trying to explain to them how they're doing it, which is the wrong way, it's very hard for me to do myself because it's just so ingrained to do things one way, the right way, the proper, the strict way, um, that trying to swing a weight or you know, trying to use momentum or something, it's just really is difficult. And that's kind of what you want because you want it to be second nature that you can do the movements and that way you can focus on that mind-muscle connection which gets you just about 100% more out of your workout. Now let me know in either the comments or on YouTube or Twitter or whatever, some way you want to get in contact with me, um, what you think about the Pinterest workouts and if you'd like me to do more of them on the YouTube channel. 
so you can have a better visual of which exact exercises I'm talking about, and then I can also show you the more effective ways of doing them. Um, anyways, let me know if that's something that you would want to watch, and I will do that. Now, speaking quickly of um, workouts that work, uh, that's why we've put up Quick Fit Club with the videos so that basically you can watch, you can learn, and I can instruct. I mean, it's not, I'm not sitting there saying, rah, rah, go, 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 um, that type of motivation. That's not me. Um, I'm going to motivate you, but I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to teach you. I want you to learn why you're doing what you're doing. And that's the type of training that I do. And when I teach a class, it's the same way. I'm always telling them why they're doing it, why you want to, what you want to feel, um, the different movements that you should be doing, things to focus on, and all of that kind of stuff. Because you know what? The more I remind, whether it's for the posture or keeping the abdominals tight or pushing through the heel, the more it sinks into your subconscious mind. And that's that subconscious mind that's going all the time, 24 hours a day. And so the more you hear things, like any other habit, it becomes second nature. So by repeating some of those same cues you are actually kind of subconsciously learning that so that when you are doing those exercises, maybe not with me, but you're doing them on your own or with somebody else or whatever, you actually have those thoughts in the back of your head and you do push your weight through your heels and you do have your stomach tight and all these things that you kind of take for granted, it's only because you've created habits. Now, one last thing, some people complain about squats and lunges. And to be honest with you, if you you don't have to love them, but if you hate them or if they hurt you, you need to get some one-on-one -on -one instruction because they shouldn't hurt. I mean, you should feel them. You should feel those muscles burning and working, but by far the squats and lunges, all the different styles are your best bet for actually toning the legs, getting them lean and giving yourself a change in your metabolism. So, I mean, those are the things you want to focus on. So be aware that if you're having issues with that, or if you've already got issues, whether it's from knee injuries or knee surgery or hips or whatever. I mean, there's ways to work around these things and ways to modify squats and lunges so that you can do them. And you're not going to be able, probably not going to be able to figure that out on your own. So again, getting in touch with a professional, whether it's at your own gym um, or whether we do a Skype or FaceTime session uh, to go through some of the different forms that you could be using, whatever the case may be, realize that you need to do squats and lunges if you want to have tone lean legs. There's no two ways about it. You're not going to get that from the leg lifts. So I'll sum that up with just be careful what you see on Pinterest. Some of it's good. Some of it's a waste of time. Um, if you see something that you think is good and you're not sure, then email me or post it on the Facebook page or whatever, and I'll tell you whether it's good or not. Um, I don't want you to think that everything on there is bad because it's, it's definitely not. There's definitely some worthwhile things. Um, and I'll spend some more time going through and finding some so that I can show you those maybe next episode. So I don't know about you, but I like everything pumpkin spice. I just didn't realize that it's gotten so big that there's pretty much everything in pumpkin spice form. Um, I actually will put a link in there. There was uh, pumpkin spice Cheerios, uh, pumpkin spice special K cereal, pumpkin spice peeps, which are those little, uh, I think they're ducks maybe, that you get at Easter time. Uh, pumpkin spice, marshmallows, bagels, um, pretzels. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on. It's almost humorous just because there's some things that you just thought 
you couldn't make into pumpkin spice, and they are. I mean, I know the pumpkin spice latte and the pumpkin muffins are kind of the, the standard, but my gosh, it's kind of gotten out of control. Um, some of the things, though, that I wanted to let you know are good, and, or I shouldn't say well, maybe not good, good, but they taste good, and they're not going to completely ruin your diet. Um, I'm going to go over some of those things with you, but uh, one little thing you can do is if you're doing um, chocolate chip cookies or whatever for gifts or something, you could swap out the chocolate ones for the pumpkin ones because those do exist. Um, I guess Nestle makes little pumpkin spice morsels. I'm not really sure why you call them chocolate chips and pumpkin spice morsels, but whatever. I guess that would be just another way to jump on that pumpkin spice bandwagon, which is not always a bad thing. It's a good thing this time of year because we get a lot of it, and then we are kind of without it for a while. Um, one of the most unusual things I saw were sweet potato chips that were actually made with pumpkin spice. So some of the cinnamon and nutmeg and, I don't know, they threw them all together. And I'm sure it's a good combination. I just didn't think potato chips had the potential to have pumpkin spice. Well, that's a lot of peas in there, isn't it? Okay, so anyways, let's go on and figure out what you can have or not have, depending on what your calorie intake is or whether you're trying to get lean or whether you're just trying to maintain, which is usually the best way to go during the holidays because, let's face it, there's too much good stuff around. You want to be able to enjoy it. So your goal is pretty much maintenance to make it through the holidays and not gain any weight. Now, we'll talk about some of the lattes because, well, those are usually the most popular. Of course, now they have all these different flavors and stuff. And um, a lot of times they do tell you the calorie intake either in the store or you can always look it up in line, online. Um, but I'm going to go through some of these. These are with the grande size, which is the 16 ounce. I guess us normal people might call that a medium. And this would be from Starbucks. And the ones, of course, that are going to be lower in fat are the ones with the non-fat, the soy milk, and no whipped cream. Of course, you add that other stuff on there, and I don't even know how much calories you're going to get. So the ones I'm talking about are those. And you're looking between, oh, I don't know, 150 to 300 calories, which is not bad for an afternoon snack as far as calories go. Your breakdown would be just a, a cafe latte by itself would be about 130 calories. Your pumpkin spice latte would be 310 calories if you chose the soy milk and 260 if you went with the non-fat milk. Now, soy milk for women doesn't necessarily do a lot of good stuff because it, it tends to release more estrogen, it tends to make us hold more water, so you're actually better off, even though you think you're being more healthy, you're actually better off with the non-fat milk on that one. Now, when we're talking about calories, let's talk about the amount of calories from fat. Your pumpkin spice non-fat latte and your regular latte, they only have about five calories from fat. And since we know that fat is nine calories for one gram, that means that it's less than a gram of fat. So that's definitely something you can have a little bit guilt-free. Um, but the soy milk, on the other hand, has a lot more calories from fat. It's actually got 45 calories from fat, which puts it in the multiple gram area or whatever you call it, basically, it's going to have about five grams of fat, which is a big difference. And that can kind of add up. So be aware of that. Another way to make yourself maybe choose the better choice of the non-fat one. I don't know. But again, it just depends on what you're doing. I mean, maybe you need a little extra calories because you had a very light lunch or something. I mean, there's sometimes it's about balancing it out. 
Now, when you're talking about balancing something out and you've got a pumpkin spice latte, of course, the natural would be to choose a pumpkin muffin or a pumpkin donut to go with that, right? Well, in case you're wondering, the pumpkin muffin at Dunkin' Donuts, which are a pretty good size, are about 550 calories. Now that's, yeah, well, that's a lot, but you would probably expect that for something from Dunkin' Donuts. Um, the total grams of fat is 24. So that's a huge chunk. That's probably most people's almost full day worth of grams of fat. So that would definitely need to be a treat, not an everyday thing. Um, obviously, the non-fat pumpkin spice latte, you could have a couple of times a week and really not feel too bad about it, especially, well, assuming that you're having it without the whipped cream. Now, there was such a thing called a pumpkin pie donut. Now, I had never heard of it. I mean, I don't know. I know there's a pumpkin donut that looks like a glazed donut, but I don't know if this pumpkin pie donut is something different like a like the, those creamy inside things. I don't know. So if you've ever had one or seen one, please, you know, make a comment or post it on, on Twitter um, and, you know, reference my name and stuff because I, I would like to see what it looks like unless they're referring to pumpkin pie donut as the glazed one, which really doesn't make any sense. I think that's just a pumpkin donut. But anyways, that whatever that is, it has 380 calories and 20 grams of fat. So that's really interesting when you think about the fact that the muffin has significantly more calories. So it's got 550 to 380, but the grams of fat are pretty similar, 24 to 20. I mean, not very similar, but they're pretty close, comparatively speaking. So it's quite interesting. I'd rather have the muffin with the extra calories for the same grams of fat. I don't know about you. You can let me know that. Now, the, the other interesting thing is, of course, when you look at real pumpkin nutrition, like an actual pumpkin that you can, you know, cut and eat and all that good stuff. Um, although I don't even know how you would prepare it. But anyways, we could always look that up on Google later. Your one cup of pumpkin is only 30 calories. So pumpkin's actually really low in calories. So another thing to make yourself feel good when you have that latte or muffin or whatever. Now your pumpkin seeds, which sometimes people save and bake them, whatever, from your um, Halloween time, the pumpkin seeds, those of course are going to be higher in fat because they are seeds and that's kind of natural. Um, but I was surprised that one cup was only about 285 calories. I mean, under 300 calories a, for a cup, but that's a whole lot of seeds. So I guess because most pumpkin seeds are very large, you don't have as many in a cup as you would some other types of seeds or nuts or things. Well, I don't know, but that certainly makes for a good thing to munch on. But keep in mind that they are carbs. And if you're, you know, monitoring what your intake is, they're not a free for all food, you know, but they are something that you could easily throw on top of your salad or, you know, do something with them with your main dishes. And again, you know, not feel guilty about them because they are natural and of course, very low in sodium and all the bad stuff, but they're actually very high in potassium and in vitamin A. So there's a couple plus points for the pumpkin. Oh my gosh, there's so many peas, I can't even stand it. So my question of the day for you is, what's your favorite pumpkin spice food or drink? And is there any other particular flavor that screams fall season or holiday season to you? And you can let me know through all the social media avenues. They're all over the websites and stuff like that. And at the end of this podcast, I think, too. Um, but you can always go to fitnessmakeover.com and find it all there as well. So anyways, I want to know. I want to know what, what's out there. I never knew about a pumpkin pie donut. I'm sure there's other things. There was actually a whole web page of 
things that just went on and on and on that are made from, not from pumpkin, but made in that pumpkin flavor for the holidays is just out of control. And by the way, I did have the pumpkin Oreo cookies. Oh my gosh. Very good. Even just the cookie itself, because my daughter usually eats out the cream on the inside, so I don't have any chance at that. But they were really good. And of course, I only ate them in the interest of health and fitness to be able to tell you about them, right? Yeah, you got that, right? So in our last episode, we decided that you're ready to make a change. I hope you are. Um, if not, listen to this anyway, because it will help you in the future, because at some point you're going to make a change in something, um, and it doesn't have to be a big one. Uh, so that anyways, the first step is part one, fixing your self-talk. You're listening to those little conversations that go on inside your head, that whole me, myself, and I that are always arguing. Um, there's different phrases that always pop up in your head, and a lot of times they are not productive ones. So you kind of have to think about those first and kind of recognize what your self-talk is because that's the key to everything. It's, it's, a lot of times it's the key to why we fail at things, why we blow the diet, why we skip the workout. Um, there's that deep voice inside that comes from someone else and it's not productive. So we, we will be going step by step each podcast to get through each of the steps so that you can find exactly which part is the one that you need to work on the most. So the first part here is fixing your self-talk. Then the next episode will be recognizing and acknowledging your success. And sometimes we tend to look at the failures instead of saying, hey, give yourself a pat on the back because you did this, that, and the other thing. So we'll be getting more into detail on that. And then the third part is learning to forget your mistakes. Sometimes we dwell so much on them that they they paralyze us and we can't really pursue anything else. And then we'll wrap it all up in the series with being the best you. And that's a whole nother deep involvement thing. And it's a really great thing, but I'm going to save that for then. So what we're going to go over right now is fixing your self-talk. So basically you have to acknowledge that, you know, there are these little voices inside your head uh, when you have thoughts pop in that are destructive. Um, these are your emotions and sometimes they come out different ways and sometimes they come from things other people have said and sometimes they come from experiences that you've had. Um, so you basically need to first acknowledge your emotions and when you start finding these emotions coming through your self-talk, like for example, let's say you uh, overslept and you missed your morning workout and you might be beating yourself up saying, oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so stupid. I mean, I'm never going to lose my weight. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. You know, all that kind of stuff just from one little mistake that can be fixed later in the afternoon if you do your exercise then or maybe do a little longer the next day. So look first at what those emotions are. Are they frustration? Are they anger? Um, are you sad? You know, try to figure that part out. But at the same time, try to look for the origin of that feeling. You know, why are you beating yourself up because you missed a workout? Where is that coming from? And that also goes, you know, with everything you're doing. Acknowledge your emotions and try to look for the origin of where it came from. A lot of times it might be something that someone said to you, maybe even a little comment that was funny or, sarca or sarcastic, but really hit harder than you might realize, you know, and sometimes those go through your head. 
And that's one of the things we bring up in the fitness makeover workshops is that you have to be careful what you say to yourself. Um, think about what you're saying to yourself. Would you say that to a child? Would you say that to a six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old? A lot of times you wouldn't. Things that you're saying in your head to yourself, you would never say to a child. So stop and think about that. If that's something that you wouldn't do, then you need to fix that because that's not a productive mindset. And I know like for myself, there's a lot of things that come from comments that I've had from other people that kind of, for some reason, got ingrained in there. Um, and one of them that I can't stand that I'm trying to change is whose fault is that? And it was something that would always come up. And in the one sense, you could say, well, everything could ultimately be your own fault because you're in control of yourself. But sometimes there's outside factors. So that really wasn't a good thing for them to say because it wasn't always my fault, um, but the implication that I'm controlling everything and therefore everything is my fault was not, not a good way to think. And even though I catch myself, I'm trying to change it, but you know, that's one of the things that might pop into your head. And we can't let that happen because we only have now to be productive. And so that's why I always say awareness is half the battle. So if you're aware of some of these things you're thinking or saying, that's half the battle. You're halfway there, more than halfway there, because now you can write them down and you can get to work on them. And how you would do that is by taking the self-talk that is negative and turning it into a positive. Now, it doesn't mean you're just going to be all happy, joy, you know, everything. It's basically saying, take that thought. And how can you change it to make it more productive for yourself? You know, basically adapt it so that it's going to help you rather than hurt you. So for me, when I think, whose fault is that? I change that to, you know what? It's not all my fault. I have some role in this, but you know what? I'm not the bad person. Okay. So this is not necessarily a bad thing. And sometimes it doesn't even matter if anybody's at fault. You know, well, I forgot to eat lunch. Well, whose fault is that? Well, yeah, it's mine. But I got busy and this and that, and I'm aware of it. So it doesn't make me a horrible person. Um, it just maybe doesn't get me as close to my goal. But I can accept that. Sometimes work has to be done or something has to be done, and, and it interrupts my meal schedule. So you know what? Yeah, it's my fault. I take responsibility for it. But it doesn't make me a bad person, and it's not going to end my life tomorrow. So if you have trouble trying to change the negative thoughts, the best way to do it is think of it as your best friend. So think of these thoughts. If you heard your best friend saying this or if somebody was saying this to your best friend, you wouldn't go over there and say, you know, yeah, you're a loser. You missed your workout this morning because you overslept. You know, you're, you're really wasteless, wasteless, useless, whatever. Um, no, you wouldn't say that. You'd say, hey, don't worry about it. You can get another workout in later or you can, you know, go for a walk at lunch or whatever. One workout's not going to ruin your whole body. You know, you'd give them that support. And that's what changing your self-talk is all about, giving yourself the support that you deserve and doing it in such a way that it becomes a habit for you to automatically support yourself. So what I want you to do is start listening to that little voice that pops in sometimes when you're doing things wrong and hopefully sometimes when you're doing things right. But the ones that are negative are the ones you want to change. So start writing down one or two of them and then start focusing on how to change them. So say to yourself, well, if this was something someone was telling my best friend, what would I say to them? And then whatever you would say to them is the self-talk you would say to you. Does that make sense? So you'd have that negative thought come into your mind and then you'd say, nope, 
wait, that changes now because I am not a loser because I overslept. I was just tired and I can make another workout tomorrow or the next day. And I know that one workout isn't going to ruin everything. I tend to find that most people are so hard on themselves, much harder than you would be on anyone else. And I don't know why that is. So I call it the inner bully and we need to banish that inner bully. And I don't know wherever those thoughts come from or however you came about some of these things, we can change them. It's just like everything else. It's repetition and that repetition forms a habit. And I think you'll find when you start doing this, when you start recognizing your self-talk and start changing it, then you're going to feel so much better and things are going to become so much easier to do because your self-esteem is naturally going to go up. You might not notice it, but you will feel a difference and you'll just feel like a weight is taken off your shoulders. I think I've gone over some more of these phrases in previous podcasts, so I'll check those, see if I can link them to this one. That is one of the most important parts of the Fitness Makeover Workshop, and that would be the motivation section. So we are working on getting that onto video form, and we, we have an old copy of it from previously, but we wanted to kind of redo it, make it fresh and everything like that. So that will end up on the Quick Fit Club website well, in the future. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. I'm trying to do my best to get these out every Wednesday. So you've got homework to do, which is let me know of any things on Pinterest that you think might be a good workout or might not. Uh, let me know your favorite pumpkin spice item. And if you've ever seen a pumpkin pie donut, and you need to start working on your self-talk or at least writing down a couple of the phrases that you think might be negative and changing them into phrases that are powerful, positive, and productive. Thanks for listening and putting up with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And be sure you check out fitnessmakeover.com and quickfitclub.com along with the YouTube channel Get Fit TV. And subscribe to that because there's going to be a whole lot of wonderful videos coming up. There's already a whole bunch posted already on Quick Fit Tips, great reminders and things to help you be your best. If you need to contact me via social media, you can find me on Twitter at FitGirl, all lowercase letters. You can also find me on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash FitGirlUSA. And of course, you can find all of the things referenced in this particular episode at the blog, which is FitGirlGuide.blogspot.com.